Y'all be seated, you hear? <laughs> That's said from somebody who was born in Brooklyn already. Um, and although I've kind of forgotten all of that. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, what a joy to know that the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus and the Father were present this morning already. I mean, uh, to me, the glory of celebrating anything is the people who understand who God is. He's the Lord Jesus. He's the Holy Spirit. He's a Father who, who, who covers his people with his presence. Um, I had a lot to say this morning. I have ten pages here, typewritten, <laughs> single-spaced. Uh, let's forget that for the buy. Oh, you got, okay. <laughs> I got you. Just keeping time. Um, but but anyway, I, I'm um, overwhelmed in a way and lost for words for a moment anyway. Uh, it's just a joy to be in the presence of you all this morning. You are the the fruit of Jesus who has brought you to himself, to the Father, and in the power of the Spirit. This is a spirit-filled congregation. This is spirit-filled people. It's a spirit-filled Jesus people. I remember when they had the old buses. You remember when they had we had a Jesus bus come to All Saints one time, loaded with people and all these hippie kind of people with all kinds of stuff on them, flowers and everything, sat in the front row. It was wonderful. And, uh, and I remember uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury in England uh, said when the same thing happened to him, he said, uh, and, and one of the people got up and challenged the clergy who happened to be preaching at that time. So what about Jesus? And he said, uh, he said, do you, do you like that kind of thing happening in the churches? I think it's rather good for them, you know. And, uh, and, and I'm just saying the fruit of the Holy Spirit is operating in our midst. We just have to praise him for that and thank him like we have this morning. I'm just so, so thankful for this. Um, yes, 40 years ago, um, it seemed like a, a, a cloud drifting by in so many ways, but there was a, a tremendous spurt of energy at that point and uh and and the lord god was was operating throughout the whole of the country really in many ways and it was a what we called a renewal movement uh, by the way renew means that there must have been a renewal at one point right okay um so and before we continue let's just let's just uh, have a moment to pray okay and and let the lord lead and we thank you, Lord God, right now, that you are our Lord, our God. Uh, that you made yourself known in your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And in the power of the Holy Spirit made your presence so evident, not only on the cross, but in the resurrection. Uh, and you... And you blessed us with your presence at uh, Pentecost. And ever since, there's this been this surge of, of fascination with you and, and all that you are. So we just ask that continues right now. We just pray it in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. I, uh, I'm looking back on the past um, 
in one regard, I was so thankful. I mentioned to Max this morning, do you know how we really got started? Uh, we had an evangelism committee meeting at All Saints um, in 1978. It was about, um, I guess, April, somewhere in there of 78. And, uh, and Jack Banks was the rector at All Saints, and he and I had been roommates and in and, and seminary, and he called I ran into him down here when we were down on vacation, and he said, uh, said, Whitey, why don't you come on down here? And so anyway, that was, we spent eight years at All Saints. And then that April of 78, we had an evangelism meeting because the walls, we really couldn't contain all the people that were coming to All Saints. And um, and so Max's wife, who is is with the Lord right now, at that point, Jane uh, said in the meeting, said, Whitey, if you'll start a mission, we'll go with you. And I said, what? <laughs> we had things like that happen uh, occasionally when people would, would just speak up and say things. And, and they all looked around and said, yeah, why not? So of the 13 people that were on the committee, 12 of them came. One of them was was a fairly elderly lady. And and uh, but the twelve of them uh, came, and in fact we had a whole heap of former vestry members in that first in that first uh, group, <laughs> and, um, and the doors, we'll say it, started at Woodlake. That's right, and then we got in, as Ted so rightly showed uh, this morning, in terms of the beginning of everything. Um, and and one thing, Scott Sherman, that he mentioned, there was a guitar. You know, I, I kind of hacked around with the guitar a little bit. And we had a fellow with a gut bucket. You know what a gut bucket is? That was the bass. And so he'd be standing there with bump, bump, bump like this. And then I'd be hammering away on the guitar. And all this music just began to expand and to grow. And Ted made a, I mean, y'all, wherever you are now, um, let me tell you, that wasn't that glorious, the singing? That was, oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Um, and the scripture tells us that, doesn't it? It says, uh, sing uh, hymns and songs, spiritual songs, psalms to the Lord in your heart. And and when your heart is overflowing, you just naturally let it all loose and it, it comes out. And that's what worship is all about, isn't it? You just let it happen. You let it happen. You let the thanksgivings roll. You let the prophecies roll. You let words from the Lord, words of knowledge. It just, it just let it come out and and bless everyone around you, and uh, and then God is doing His thing with us. Um, but He also uses a lot of stuff from the culture. Did you know that the vestments we wear here are really copies uh, and how they we got these kind of vestments and all. The the meaning of them is to cover. That they were all sinners, you see. So what what we do is we put on the robes of righteousness to cover and uh, and know that we are newborn people. We're going to talk about that, newborn people. And so we are kind of trying to be an influence here by how we look to one another. Uh, we're dressed in in Christ's righteousness, and that's the whole point. Now, where do we get the vestments from? They were the Vestments basically designed from the old Roman Senate. 
that the dignitaries in the Roman Empire wore stuff like this when they were seated in their in their uh, moments of uh, meeting and and so on. So the church, kind of the early church, just kind of picked up on that and over several centuries took these things and said, well, we're worshiping the Emperor Jesus, and so we're his senate, and we're here doing the work of the Lord, and that's how kind of how we got all this uh, and why we vest. Um, there's a whole lot of meaning in everything we do, and and so we take things from the culture, and we baptize them. We take bodies and baptize them, don't we? We take things from the culture and we and we turn them into musical instruments. We we take music. We take things, all kinds of things, out of the culture. Well, let me just for a moment. And I know I'm reaching back here, folks, but one of the iconic musicals that came into our uh, life in the late 50s was a musical called West Side Story. Now, it's, it's uh, you know, they, they play it a lot on television. They replay that movie over and over again. Well, I'd like to take one of the songs out. I'll tell you the words here. Remember last week? What were we talking about last week? But, hey, anyone in Christ is a new creation. That each one of us sitting here who's accepted Jesus Christ is a, really a brand new, honest-to-goodness person, a spiritual person. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Thank you. Now, let that sink in for a moment. If you're spiritual beings, then your whole focus is different. You're not thinking about, well, let's see, what's my budget for today, you know, and who am I going to please this afternoon, and am I ready, am I dressed right, am I hanging around with the right people, am I driving the right car, am I, what am I going to look like when I, you know, when I leave the house, like all the gals, you know, are you ready, I mean, is your hair done, and, you know, have you got the right lipstick on, and the guys are saying, am I, am I looking cool, am I shaped? You know, this guy. And we're all doing this because we're going to make an impression. See, I want to make the right impression. Well, when you're spiritually thinking, oh, that's a secondary issue. Yeah, I want to look good and honor, honor the other people. I mean, the reason we dress is to honor other people, really. That's what spiritual thinking does to you. We're not walking around like slobs. We're walking around like images of God because we're going to be dealing with images of God when we go wherever we go, aren't we? I mean, whether they believe or not is irrelevant. They're all, all people are images of God, either waiting to be blessed by the Holy Spirit through you, or they're waiting to hear, hopefully, they're hungry for the one thing in the world that can save them, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you and I, as spiritual beings, have that, if we're thinking spiritually. See, one of the great gifts from God is that we can think spiritually. That's one of the reasons he came. Is to get us to see everything in a spiritual perspective. Therefore, I'm talking about West Side Story. Could be, who knows, there's something due any day. I don't know right away. 
soon as it chose. I got a feeling there's a miracle do gonna come true happen to me. Could be it's only out just out of reach down the block on the beach. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight. And I shortened it. Because the song goes on, and it keeps talking about anticipating what might happen ahead. Well, let me tell you, take that, take those words. It came out of a secular culture, came out of a Jewish mind, Leonard Bernstein, and became an iconic musical that grabbed a whole generation. And I tell you what, West Side Story, I lived that experience in the city when I went to high school. I know what it's like to constantly have to be profiled and profile because it's survival. If you're in a gang or in a street where there's all this hostility and everything, you better be ready. Could be. Who knows? There's something due any day. I don't know right away. But, there, you know, Tony in that musical, he's, he, he knows that there's something more out there somewhere. And I always knew when I lived in that city, because my parents told me, this isn't the end. This prison that we know as New York City is not the end. But there's another world out there. And I believe that. Because they left the old country, came here, because here was a new world. See, people who've had long generations here don't really know what it's like when people first come to this country and are open to this freedom. Well, suppose you take that next step in freedom for which this country's freedom sets the stage, which is freedom in Christ. Anyone in Christ is free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. What is that freedom? It's to leave the secular mindset and take a spiritual mindset. Have this attitude in you. Have this mind in you, as it says in the King James Version. In Philippians 2, have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus, who thought it, he, he didn't try to be equal with God. He was God. But knowing he was God, what did he do? He did the opposite of what the world thinks like. He became a servant. And he was even willing to die. He was even, even willing to come into a body and live alone in a body and know what aloneness is like. And to feel it. To take it deep in his heart. To take your aloneness and my aloneness. Living in this body. Yes, we may have friends and we may have husbands and wives and children and, and people around us. But you know, when you get in that body of yours and you walk into another place, another room, tell me you're not alone. You can be alone at, at home just like you're alone when you're walking downtown. And Jesus came into this world to take us out of our aloneness into his presence so that we have an eternal relationship. We are not religious people. We are relational people. Jesus brought us that new demand. We are free to be relational. We are free to be personal. We are free to be interpersonal. We are free to be spiritual. To think spiritually. To think other than the way the world thinks. Isn't that exciting? That's the new 
and you're new. Well, what does it mean when you, when you hear this song, for instance? I, I hear it, and, and immediately I say, yes, I know that every next moment I live is a brand new moment. I know that every time I meet you, it's a brand new moment that it's never going to be the same as the last moment I saw you. It's going to be a brand new moment. The reason All Souls was started is because God wanted a group of people in this place at this point to worship him knowing that they are too going to share this relationship with someone else. Because we were made to be relational. Why? God is relational, folks. He's a father. He's a son. He's a Holy Spirit. And they just like this. That's the Trinity. The Holy Trinity. And he's made you and me a holy people. Isn't that exciting? A holy people. That means set apart to experience his perfection, his holiness every day. Every day is a brand new opportunity to experience his presence. Now, I don't care what you're going through. I left Tim Harvey yesterday over there in Riverside. I saw him and Bill and Cindy, you know, or he's been through this struggle. Well, let me tell you, folks, it was a new experience when I saw him in the hospital room, and I shared that with you before. He was without oxygen for 45 minutes. He should be dead. No, he's not. He's alive and he's recovering. But I mean, he looks and talks and speaks like he always did. Yeah, he's still got afflicted with lung cancer. But let me tell you, he's alive. God's got a plan for him. You're alive. God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for me. I think this is... Once we grasp this, I think we we begin to see something. I, and 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 it's and when you're spiritually thinking, you begin to see something about God that's different. If you're made in the image of God, what is the first thing God did in the Bible? He said something. <laughs> he said, "God said, let there be." Creation. God was thinking, going to make the universe. Now, I don't know how, you know, I, we, I, I can only go by what he says in the word, okay? None of us will ever get to where we really think the same as God. Now, he doesn't want us to think the same. He wants us to think like him. It says we were created in his image and likeness. So we are individual persons and we are called to think like him, be like him. And so every day we have an opportunity to be like him. And you can do that because he made you like that. Now, uh, let me, have you ever, you've been to the doctor's office, haven't you? I'm sure you have. And uh, I see a lot of knowing faces. Uh, okay, you go in and you know it's... You, you hope you're, you're there on time and all this. And so there's always a stack of magazines or something there. So, oh, hey, this one looks interesting. I'll pick it up and I'll look at it. And I say, boy, that article's interesting. And as you get into the article, you say, that looks familiar. So you turn it and look at the cover, and the cover says, 
January the 5th, 1914. 2014, whatever you want. But anyway, it's an old magazine. Oh, you say, oh, I've read that. You throw it down. Why, what, what, what was it? You wanted something new, didn't you? You look on the television, you hope something new is going to be on the television. Oh, that's the same old stuff you see. We were built for newness, folks. That's why you feel that way. You were built to experience something new. Jesus Christ introduced the way to be new. Because he was new to this world and everything he did. His way, his truth, his life, the way, the truth, and the life. It was all brand new to the world. And when you and I were born, we were brand new, made to experience newness every day. Because every single moment you live is a brand new moment. What are you going to do with that moment? Okay? Think about it. If you're spiritually thinking, well, what can I do? I just met this person, and while I'm talking to them, I just, hey, give me something, Lord, to to relate with them. You know, say something about. And, and the next thing you know, something does come. And, you, and should I say this? Should I share that? Should I? Yeah, it's okay. And you may not do it the right way. Who cares? If Jesus is right, he's in your heart, he'll make it right. How many times have we said things that we wish we hadn't have said and it turned out to be the right thing? You've got to take those chances, folks. That's being new. You've got, you got to have that courage to do something new. I see an ex-car dealer out here. I won't name him. His initials are FG. But, but what does he do? Every time he goes into the restaurant, you know, he says, Hey, how you doing? What do you feel like? He gets in a conversation. Okay, I'm just using, I know you all do this, but it's good to know that there are other people besides you doing it, isn't it? Good to know that? Because we come together and share that. And all the thanksgivings this morning were thanksgivings for what God has been doing to you that was new. Now, the second thing, besides spiritually thinking, there's something else about God that's really neat that in which the, the image you were made to be like, okay? He, God's a creator. Do you know you were meant to be a creator? He's given you the spirit. How do you think this place started? It didn't start because Whitey said he wanted to start a church. That would be conceit. That would be arrogant. We heard God speaking through somebody, and then say, okay, it looks like God's moving. Let's do it. See what happens. And we dared to see what happened together, and God moved us. It wasn't me. It wasn't them. It was the Holy Spirit moving a group of people because he wanted something new to happen, and he took people who were old people, and he made them new. Hey, now, I, I know there are older people here. Some younger than me. 
I hope you all are listening. How old was Moses when he got started? Amen. 80. How old was Abraham and Sarah when they had Isaac? 98. And they were just getting off the ground. So we can be going through all kinds of things. Hospital issues, doctor's issues, financial issues, emotional issues. But let me tell you, God can use every single one of those things to demonstrate his presence. And if you believe that, you're living the new life in Christ. So now, what are you going to do with it creatively? Well, I would say I've seen people in this congregation over the years have different gifts. God doesn't just say, okay, go out there and be a new person. I don't care what you do, just be new. That'll get you in trouble, folks. (laughs) No, what he does is he arms his people with spiritual gifts like teaching, prophecy, pastoring, you know, counseling. Now, that sounds really professional and fancy, doesn't it? But let me tell you, if you're in a situation where you just have a friend you're talking to and you're thinking spiritually, something is going to come out of that 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 will be prophetic, that will be teaching, that will be pastoring. It may be tongues. It may be speaking and interpreting. It may be exorcism. Who knows? But there are all these gifts that God provides for us to let us exercise our creativity. Because he's made us to be creative. What can you individually, if you think about it right now, whether you're in school, whether you're retired, whether you're still working, I don't care. What is there that you can do based on what you feel like, who you are, that would be creative as you meet people? Yeah, some people start ministries. Some people start missions. Some people just go to work where they, where, they, where they operate and make their income. And they discover that the people there, I can talk to them in this way or that way. But you are individually empowered by God to be a unique person, a relational person, a personal person to someone else while you're on the way. And by the way, that great commission someone mentioned before, go, therefore, and make disciples. In Greek, that means while you're on the way. While you're on the way home today. What can you create? What can you think up? What could you plan in your mind that would be a spiritual entree into someone's heart and life wherever you end up being? Now you're being creative. You're being a creator. God made you to be a creator. Isn't that exciting? That's good. That's good stuff. Now, not only that, but here's something else he's made you. Unique. Because God is unique, you're unique. Because God is creative, you're creative. Because God is personal, you're personal. Because God is relational, you're relational. Because God is spiritual, you're spiritual. Now, with that kind of background and foundation, what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? You're a winner before you ever walk out of the door here. And if you're a winner, go win souls for Christ. 
Now, you don't have to be Billy Graham. You just have to be uniquely who you are in Christ. And it's different than everybody else in this building. And it's different than everybody else you'll meet. And you're the only one that has been born in this time, in this place, where you are, that can function spiritually where you are. I hope that's not a burden, folks. I hope that's a joy. It's a commission. It's how much God loves you. He just doesn't love you to save you. He loves you to save you in order to be creative and to be an individual, to be unique and function as a spiritual engine. And you've got the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. And when you're open spiritually and thinking spiritually and moving spiritually, then all the creative juices flow. And you're alive. And the people around you start living. And they look forward to being with each other. And I hope and pray today that everybody here sees this in their life. I just feel like I've just begun. And at 3 o'clock when I get through, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hear what Psalm 139 says. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Psalm 139. And let me read that again. For you formed me, my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And think about what you've been given, your mind, your heart, your spirit, the image of God in you, the Father's mind, the Son's heart, the Spirit's power. And you walk out of this place today and you will have said, I am yours, O God. Now help me to bring you into this place out here, this wilderness where all these people so desperately need you. And it may be somebody in here. That's why we start together. Because someone in here needs whatever you or we or whatever we do when we meet. And I think it's. And God's arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. You've been chosen. You are a royal people. You are a royal and a holy priesthood. Peter says that to us and tells us that. You've got so much going for you. Who knows? Could be. Maybe it's just out of reach, down the block on the beach. Maybe tonight. Who knows? It's only just out of reach, down the block on the beach. You never know where it's going to happen, do you? But there it is, and it's presented to you on a platter every single day of your life. When you wake up, there's God, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Bang! Go for it. What did, what is, what's his name say? The cook, you know, he says, bam! Whoever that cook is. But you've got the spice of the Holy Spirit, folks. 
So flavor the world and go for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That was a really good response for Whitey. I think there's an, another response that we can make. Um, that if you want to be one of that, if you're like, yeah, I want to step into that, um, let's make a response to God and ask God to, to bless it and fill us up for it, okay? So if that's you, if you're like, yeah, whatever he's talking about, I want in on that, um, raise your hand, stand up, you know, lift your finger. It's not for us to see, it's for God to see. But do something right now to respond to God and let's pray. All right, so if that's you, stand up, sit down, raise your hand, raise your finger, bow your head, whatever you need to do. God, you see what these people are doing. You know that they're talking to you, God, and saying, I want this. I want to be the spice that flavors the world because you have changed my life and you've made me new. Oh, God, would you see this and would you respond and would you pour your Holy Spirit upon this people and fill them again and refresh them again because we leak. And Lord, send us out to do the work you've given us to do, each of us, as uniquely as we're made, so that we can love you and serve you as faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ, our Lord.